Welcome back to episode 3 of season 3 of the St. Coen's podcast. In this episode, we interview Zach Murady. He talks to the lads about his childhood life, playing hurling for Leitrim, and his new book, Life Starts in Leitrim. So relax and enjoy the podcast. Hi Zach, I'm Ryan. Thank you for coming on the podcast. First question. A few weeks ago, your book, Life Starts in Leitrim, was shortlisted for the Eason Sports Book of the Year in the Unpost Irish Book Awards 2022. Congratulations. Tell us a bit about the creation process of the book. Um, first of all, thanks for having me. Um, it's been a it's been a, a long journey, and I was I was delighted for the book, obviously, to be nominated for uh, uh, for Sports Book of the Year, and and the story. Uh, my story is different to other Irish sports books. Obviously, you know, sometimes most GA book you read about about sports is someone when uh, you know. Henry Sheffield or Jackie Terrell winning seven All Ireland, you know, mine is just completely different. Obviously, where I came from about my background and my my Kurdistan, where Kurdistan is, where Kurdish, and you know, coming to Ireland, you know, so moving all around the part of the world, you know. Interesting starting in Ireland. What was everyday life like in the refugee camp? Where do we start? Um, yeah, life is quite good in Ireland. We're all very spoiled over here, and some of you wouldn't even realise that how spoiled you are. Um, well, it was life is completely different uh, in a in a refugee camp. Obviously, it's not normal to life. But when I was there, life seemed normal till I left the refugee camp when I was going into the city. You know, where I was in Iraq, it was completely different. You know, all the we were Kurds, and all the Arabs lived in big big houses. I mean, I mean, big, big. I don't, I don't like. You, you wouldn't often see it in Ireland. They live in palaces. I don't know if you've ever seen the Middle East houses. But um, life life has completely changed since I've moved to Ireland. What was your journey to Ireland like? Um, well, I was... The journey was... Well, well, I spent probably a day on the road nearly, you know, on a bus going over to Jordan. And Jordan, you know Jordan as a country? Yeah, so staying over there in Oman is the capital. We stayed there for two nights and then we travelled to Frankfurt then up to Dublin, then got a bus down to Leitrim. And and, and, and the book is called Life Begins in Leitrim from there on, from 2002, 1st of July. I was very tired for the first two weeks because you know yourself, I'm sure some of you have be travelling in the car or the bus. Is there ever in the car for four or, four or five hours? Is that shattered? But imagine, you know, travelling for three or four days. I was completely shattered. But... um. But it was it was different. Life was different here. It was it was beautiful. It was it was gorgeous. It was different, different sceneries compared to a lot. Of, when I was in Iraq, there was a lot of oil fields in Iraq. There was smell of petrol or diesel or whatever you call it. There's a lot of that over here. It's the smell of the grass or the countryside, fresh air. First impressions of Leitrim. Um, first impression. The impression was um, it was different, obviously. Because I would have been brought up in uh, mud houses, it was completely different. And compared to my parents, with a you know, they were very well off before the war kicked in. They had everything, you know, but they lost everything through the war. So it was completely different for me because I only seen I was only born in a refugee camp and then coming to Ireland. So it was completely different. But um, but it was different. You know, obviously I didn't speak a word of English when I came over here, so it was. Think about yourself. If you're going over to a country, like just say example, you're going over to Iran and you don't, or, or 
Middle East and you know you don't speak a word of you're the only Irish man in, uh, in the class and the, the 30 other kids are all speak Arabic and then you're trying to learn Arabic it'd be hard but um but it, it was difficult for the first couple of weeks but then as I you know as I start playing sports and making friends and learning the language and then t- um, things became easier then do you prefer living in Dublin or Leitrim well at the minute um I'm used to living in Dublin because you know when I was in Leitrim I, I kind of liked over there when I when my parents were moving over here I didn't want to move because I was used to the laid back lifestyle over there you know and there was no uh, there was no rush there's no traffic lights there's no in Dublin everything is rush 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 trying to even when I was going to school in, in Dublin you're trying to get to school rush everything is trying to miss traffic down in Leitrim was completely different everything was laid back uh, people are always in time whenever they said I'll meet you in 10 minutes it'll be 10 minutes it won't be 20 minutes in Dublin you know every time you say to a lad we'll be there we'll meet you in 20 minutes it's 40 minutes yeah. you tell a lad's training starts at 7 half of them arrive up a quarter past 7 there's always people coming in late but it's not the people's fault it's just because it's a busy environment we're living in did the GAA play a big part of your integration into Irish life? Yeah, it would have. It would have uh, made a probably massive difference in my life, and I've done very well out of life because of GAA. And of all, all the lads I hang around with, it's the same lads I play hurling and Gaelic with over the years. Even in Leitrim, I'm still friends with a lot of lads I played with when I was growing up, and I'm still friends with them, and I still meet them down there every now and again down in Leitrim, and they, even sometimes they come up to Dublin to me. But that's that's what sports does, unites people and brings people together. And sometimes, the uh, don't know many of you lads play GAA or any sports. And yeah. I guarantee, uh, what club do you play for? Uh, for more, for more, yeah, fair than them. But uh, see the lads you're playing with. If you keep playing, it's the same lads you're going to be hanging around with when you get older. It's the same lads you're going to go to yeah. a pub with. It's the same lads you're going to be. You know, it's the same lads you're going to go to their weddings or whatever, so on. You know. And it's now, but you won't realize that. You'll only realize now in another 10 years' time, you know. Yeah. You know, a couple of years' time, you're like, Jesus, it was actually great getting involved. I know I know. sometimes I'm telling this story, kids be laughing and lads be like, oh, Jesus, what is he talking about? But when you get older, the reality kicks in. Who is our hurling idol? Oh, Jesus, there's... Um, um, oh, Jesus, there was... Depends what if we are. There's a lot. There's a lot. I could say hurling. I said I used to love uh, Shanoga Halpin. I just thought he was, he was a great hurler. Uh, he was tough. Um, then there was in Kilkenny, obviously. If you ever seen DJ Carey, we don't know if you've yeah. ever seen him playing hurling. Just so skillful, unreal. And then you go on down to West of Ireland. Then you have Joe Cannon, and then they're coming over to. To Leinster, then when you've seen Henry Shefflin, TJ Reid, and then when you're going off to the north side, you have uh, Neil McManus, another serious hurler for Antrim. You know, so there's there's good hurlers, there's a there's good hurlers all over the country. I like watching, you know, and it's and every county has good hurlers, and every every club has a good hurler, and I'm sure you see that down in Cork where he's there. You know, there's so many good hurlers that comes out of Cork in club level and counties. What are three words you would use to describe yourself? I am outgoing. I am probably a bit laid back. And I'd be full of chat. 
and I'm always there for people that need help. Have you been to Ramadi since you left all those years ago? Um, I haven't, no, I haven't. Um, I have been back to my parents' home place. They're from Kurdistan of Iran. But I was born in Iraq, so I was back there once. What are three things you wish you could tell your 16-year-old self? I would try to... I would, if I was, I would try to watch, um, you know, obviously get, 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 get to the gym and start, you know, look after your body, especially if you're playing hurling football, you need to look after yourself and keep your fitting levels high and get strong and get your, you know, if I'm talking to lads, it's like, you have to look after yourself and try, you know, if, if I was 16 again, I'd probably do certain things differently when I was younger because sometimes I remember I had my managers telling me get to bed early tonight big match tomorrow it was just like probably spend sometimes I would stay up till about you know three in the morning and sometimes I used to work as well when I was 16 I worked in a bar doing lounge boy so I'd be working till all hours which I should have listened to my manager finished work at 12 o'clock got eight nine hours sleep for a match there's them little things I regret I think it's getting getting sleep and eating plenty of fruit and stuff, you know, which I probably didn't eat enough fruit when I was younger. And and now I'm trying to eat fruit, look after myself because I'm getting older. <laughs> What's one of the biggest risks you've ever taken? Do you feel proud of this decision? Um, the biggest risk, I'd say the, the biggest risk I took was buying a place on my own. And... And another risk was uh, going down to play with, you know, going down to play with Leitrim over the years. We used to get a better lot and not win enough. You know, we lost more games than we ever won. And but eventually it paid off in Crow Park. Um, there were the there was the risks I kind of took for going down for nine years of dri- driving up and down. And and I thought I was like when I was going to finish off, I was like I need to finish off with something. You can't just. You know, and sometimes we don't. Not everybody wins, you know. And it's like Cork Hurlers haven't won really in all Ireland since two thousand and six. Am I right? Yeah. So it's a lot of years. What is with the years been? What years now? So a lot of years. The last time they would have won, years um, would have been only. We would have just been born back in two thousand six when they won last. <laughs> one. Yeah. Yeah. So it's um, you know, and and does it matter? Like Cork is a big hurling county, and. Big, big hurling county. Like, and look at, um, it's like, you, you think when you say Cork, you think they'll have won the last 10 years, you know, but that's yeah, the way, yeah. that's the way sports, uh, sport works, you know, we don't, not everybody win. It's always the same lads that get to pl- play in Crow Park for 10 years. And then another batch comes after that. So yeah. you have to make it uh, useful of it when you're, when you're playing. And especially you now, play hurling and football as much as you can, because then, when you're trying to go play with your, when you get, like sometimes it's good to have the choice. Sometimes you might make make your senior football team. You might make the hurling team. Sometimes yeah. you might make the hurling team. Pick the football team. They're the good options to have. You know, if you're if you're if you're playing sports, if you're playing hurling Gaelic for a long term solution. Do you play any other sports? I when I was younger, I used to do I used to do running. Um. Running, I played soccer, but I just thought the GAA was more suitable for me, and I thought it was the, it was the best play, sport, the, the best choice I ever made in my life. I just wow. thought so, so, soccer wasn't for me. It was just you're playing with different lads every every 
every year or every couple of months. Lads just keep keep coming and going. But GA is different. It's the same lads you play with, it's the same lads you hang around when you get older. That's the big differences, you know. And then you'd be well looked after as well as you get older. What's it like being a celebrity? Ah, GA is me. Yeah. I'm, I'm like yourselves. <laughs> Don't be bigging me up. <laughs> um, geez, I wouldn't call myself a celebrity. Ah, I know. Come here, look. All GA heads would know me, you know, most GA lads, you know. But um, but it's the same. I'd know most GA lads as well, you know. So it's, I wouldn't call myself a celebrity now, to be fair. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's that. That's all I say. <laughs> Who told you to say that, Tom, was it? <laughs> Mr. <Yeah>. O'Dwyer? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Would you ever do Dancing with the Stars? Would I ever? Uh, if I'm asked, I might. Why can't dance? Last question, and thank you for coming on the podcast. Do you have a song that you listen to that inspires you? Listen, um, I love a bit of Tiesto now and again, and I, I listen to... I would listen to Kurdish Republican songs. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's, yeah. I I listen to a bit of everything, you know. A lot of Irish music as well, you know, ballads and that as well.